Bact empowers you to get it together with a single digital wallet. Use Bact to aggregate, convert, send, and spend digital assets like crypto, loyalty, and rewards points and gift cards. Go to BACKT.com and start treating your digital assets just like cash. I'd like to also thank Kraken. With Kraken, you can instantly buy and sell over 50 of the most popular cryptocurrencies or earn additional rewards through their industry-leading staking service. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20% each year. Visit kraken.com scoop to learn more. Exodus is one of the most loved crypto apps due to its sleek design and easy-to-use exchange feature. Secure and manage over 130 cryptocurrencies from your computer or phone. No account registration is required. Download Exodus at exodus.com and you're ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, Director of News at The Block. Today we're joined by a very special guest on the other side of the mic is Jeff Zerlin. He's the co-founder and growth lead at Axie Infinity. This has been an episode that I've been really excited to record. Uh, we were joking before we turned the mics on. Uh, you're the growth lead at this at this project. Um, what does that mean? What, what are you doing over there? And for folks who aren't familiar, what's your mission? Sure. Uh, yeah. So thanks for the invite. Big fan of the block. So uh, yeah, at Axie, so I'm a co-founder of Sky Mavis. We're the creators and the inventors of uh, this game called Axie Infinity. Broad idea behind Axie is to introduce the world to a kind of scary and fun and exciting new technology, blockchain, through something that's uh, relatable and nostalgic, right? So Axies are similar to Pokemon or Tamagotchi, these things that we grew up with, you can battle them, you can collect them, uh, you can breed them, you can also even play games with them to earn cryptocurrencies with real value. So yeah, I, I found Axie uh, as a community member in 2018 and you know started out doing community related things, helped write the initial white paper and things like that and my kind of role grew from there. So yeah, as growth lead, generally I look at myself as doing things that increase the size and strength of the community as well as the economy. So, Well, you've been having some success, right? I mean, you were saying there's over a million folks using this. Yeah, we, we, we just hit about 1.7 million daily active users. And Axie NFTs have traded for over $2 billion. So that's, you know, number one. Um, in aggregate. In aggregate. Yeah. yeah. What's the average price of one of these things? Uh, that's a good question. I think in the, in, the, in the hundreds of dollars, I would say. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've sort of witnessed with these different waves of interest in NFTs, you kind of have, you know, maybe it was, it started in 2017, Crypto Kitties came up, they rose, they fell. Then you had Top Shot rise and fall. And then Axie, how do you create like sticking power so that like you're not just hitting this wave and then they move on to the next fun thing to, to look at? Exactly. I think this is the great argument for combining NFTs with a game, right? Like games are master... Game developers are masters at retaining users and players, right? So within our ecosystem, we have a super high retention. Um, nine out of 10 people who acquire axes are still using those axes after 30 days. A lot of the original Axie co-founders, we came from the CryptoKitties community. So three of our five co-founders actually met playing CryptoKitties, right? And we thought it was an interesting proof of concept, but 
we wanted to create something that could engage people on a day-to-day -day basis, regardless of the direction of the economy, something that was really fun, but something that could have a really uh, amazing community. And yeah, also this idea of a sustainable economy, right? Where, so in the Axie ecosystem, one way to look at it is each Axie is kind of proof that someone has played the game for a certain amount of time, right? So we can adjust kind of as, right? The monetary policy of the game is, right? We can adjust how long it takes to create an Axie, right? By adjusting how easy it is to earn the resources in the game that are used to create them. So we kind of touched on this like stickiness problem, which mm -hmm. you're describing as being inherently solved by the fact that this isn't just something you can sort of breed, collect, mm -hmm. trade, but also engage in this online universe. But one other problem that, you know, has faced several different projects in the NFT market is scaling, right? You know, you you become the success becomes your enemy, right? There was there were different issues, you know, as you guys were ramping up that you faced. How do you solve those and avoid shutdowns. Sure. I mean, so so we started Oxy in 2018, right? And built everything on Ethereum from the marketplace to breeding. And it basically, right, it would get to this point where, okay, we could grow, but then sometimes gas fees would get super high and just shut down all economic activity within our game and make it a really painful experience. We even experimented with putting the gameplay on chain, right? And uh, so, we, so we went through all these issues and realized, you know, at the end of the day that the future was in ETH sidechain or layer two or even alternative layer ones. Um, after like digging around, we even tried building on Loom Network, which is like a super early mm. ETH sidechain. We realized that nobody had really gotten the formula right for what an NFT game would need and kind of also saw it as an opportunity to build something for, our, for ourselves uh, that could kind of meet this demand that we were seeing from our own needs. And so we built this ETH sidechain called Ronin. And yeah, that was the big catalyst that actually that allowed us to scale from around 38,000 users, daily active users in April to around 1.7 today in September. So that, it, that, that infrastructure piece was really important, right? So we were able to right, combine this fun game with the scalable in infrastructure and this amazing community. And then it was kind of only when we put together each of these parts that we're able to kind of get to this next uh, phase of growth. So what's, is the game fun? Like, what's it like? Like, yeah, so, so the game is a lot like kind of Pokemon combined with Hearthstone. People, right, there are professional Magic the Gathering players that have come into our ecosystem and say that it's very skill-based, that it's a lot of fun. It's uh, easy to learn, but hard to master. Of course, we're, we definitely want to, one of the things that we're continuously working on is making it more fun over time, right? Now we're in a, I think a luxury position where some of the best gaming talent in the world knows what Axie is, knows what Sky Mavis is, and, and wants to come join us. And uh, yeah, so we're, 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 I think there's a huge brush of talent towards the space, and I think that's also going to help us uh, make this into a into a more fun game. But I, I think I, I do want to like put it out there that you know there are. I'm, we're not maybe like authorities, I don't think, on what is fun, right? We're not the arbiters of fun. I don't think people <laughs> in crypto are the arbiters of fun, but we have had, right, some people from... Some know, people it, think it's fun. It, it's some, of the, some of the, some of the, right, the, more, the competitive car trading card game players, you know, so, some of the top in the world have said that Axie is quite a fun game. So. so what's cool about the focus of this episode is we've done NFT shows looking at the music side of things looking at art, art and music. This is kind of the first one to focus on the gaming. We've talked about the metaverse. Gaming and the metaverse kind of are somewhat connected. But when you think about 
some of the big game houses, you know, the folks, the game production houses, I don't know what the proper term is, but the studios building these games, when they look at something like Axie, how do you see them maybe trying to get in on the action? Like, well, like Call of Duty one day, like, you know, is my, the rifle I'm going to use be an NFT that I can like buy, sell, trade? Sure. I think that it will eventually happen. I think it's going to be a long process with various phases. Uh, so I think in order to bring some, yeah, I think it's easiest to kind of think of the phases yeah. if we break down what are the benefits of NFTs and crypto for games, right? So I, I see three main benefits, right? One is being able to sell your game asset to anyone anywhere in the world. Two is being able to turn your time and effort into real value. So that might mean right farming in-game resources that actually have liquidity on DEXs or centralized exchanges. Three is being able to own a piece of the game, right? So we think that the games of the future are going to be owned by the communities that play them. So I think that, okay, so if we look at these three benefits, I think we can also map them to phases of game adoption, of NFT adoption and crypto adoption by uh, traditional game developers. So I think at first they'll do some experiments with right turning some basic game assets into NFTs and allowing them to trade, uh, you know, across maybe an NFT marketplace. I think that's phase one. I think right like turning in-game resources into ERC twenty tokens or fungible tokens. I think that's going to be a next step as well. That's actually what we saw like the most growth from. But I think that that's another level of complexity that game developers might not be prepared for. And then finally, right like every game having its own governance token. Um, I think that that is really far away and but i think i think that's actually also like one of the most compelling things so so game developers they might just nft tfi i guess some of their game assets but i don't necessarily know if that's going to have this explosive effect that people might think right because I, I think actually right like being able to have these in-game resources as erc20 tokens or governance tokens and then being able to have, yeah basically fractionalize a game and emit it to the player base i think these are actually perhaps way more important than just allowing in-game items to be NFTs. And so how does the like trading aspect fit in? You guys built out a DEX. So why do you need sort of like a, a decentralized exchange for the sort of transfer or transacting of these assets? Why can't it just be done in the game? Like, are there folks moving these things in size? Yeah, or is sure. The so, so I want to clarify. There? So first, we have an NFT marketplace, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like something like maybe OpenSea, but it's mm -hmm. just customized specifically for Axie. So we have that. That's where Axies and land and land items are traded, right? And that's what's actually what's done $2 billion in, in, in all-time volume. We're also working on an in-house decentralized exchange or a DEX, which will be native to our Ethereum sidechain called, called Ronin. So yeah, I think these are these are you know really important because it just builds trustless liquidity uh, for game assets, right? Like I was a gamer, there was always right like there's always this kind of gray market where okay you might be able to sell your stuff on eBay or right do like a OTC right like with a PayPal transaction mm -hmm. and you always risk of getting scammed even on e on eBay, right? So this, this innovation of an NFT marketplace being a smart contract, I think this is a huge moment for the history of the gaming industry. But yeah, I also think that it was only in, you know, with the launch of Uniswap where, okay, we created an in-game resource, turned it into a small, small love potion, now the smooth love potion. We had this in-game resource and we decided to make an ERC-20. We then realized, hey, like now there's a liquidity pool for it. Okay, like you can now calculate if I play this game for this amount of time and earn 
this amount of in-game resource, I actually can calculate my wage for playing a game. I think that was actually the true innovation and, and special moment. And when, once we saw that, I think we, we really saw the future of the gaming industry and rightly we kind of seen the emergence of this metaverse emerging market uh, worker. How do you plan to diversify that user base though, right? Because I think the majority or around the majority of folks playing Axie are based in the Philippines. Sure. What's the connection to the Philippines? And, and then how do you diversify that? Yeah, definitely. So I think first I want to say that in order for us to succeed long-term, we need a broad and diverse coalition of participants. And we already see that. We have players in every single uh, planet on Earth except for North Korea, and that might be due to VPN. So yeah, but we do see that right now, the Philippines is a large, huge market for us. Around 40% of our players are there. I think it's a combination of us going there quite early and meeting like amazing evangelists uh, there that could help with the ground game, like Gabby, right? Who went on to start YGG, which has come its own thing in and of itself. Phil, you know, Filipinos, they speak English, right? Mm -hmm. They're very, uh, very community driven and family driven culture. They've actually also historically been early to every single social network. Like the Facebook was super big in the Philippines before it was big in other emerging markets, hmm. at least. Uh, so yeah, I think the Philippines is maybe just uh, nine to 12 months ahead of uh, some of the other developing market nations. But I also say that we do have many community members all over the world in developed, uh, in developed markets like North America, uh, Europe. They're, they're, the way that they interact with Axie might be a little bit different, right? They're not necessarily farming potions um, to play the game. They're, I think, participating in this larger meta game, which is, right, there's this game within a game where part of the game is how large can Axie become, right? Is this, how far can we take this idea of a community-owned and, yeah, of, of a community-owned game? So there are other ways to play Axie, right? It might be creating content. It might be onboarding your friends and family. It might just be, you know, holding the Axis token. There are artists, right? They're, You're building they're, Axie yeah. inside Axie. Yeah, so I mean, I play Axie, but I don't play the game every day, right? My way of playing Axie is by, you know, building out the community, you know, figuring out how to balance the economy, recruiting more people to join the community or as well as maybe the core team. So, What does an economic crisis look like in a game? Yeah, definitely. I, th I think it's, uh, so every... You know, this is a question actually that we get a lot. Right? Like, can you have a liquidity crisis? We definitely can. We definitely can. What do you can. do? It's happened before, actually. Yeah. All right. So, any the cool the thing about NFT games, right, or even crypto in general, is like we have these very powerful feedback loops that cause over decades, right, or you know, over years, huge network effects. But any positive feedback loop that creates a network effect can also run in reverse. Yeah. Right. So we have a positive feedback loop where in our game, right, like. You have more players, you have more demand for axes. Uh, there's more demand for the in-game resources to create more axes, right? And this kind of just can go for a long time. And we've just gone through, right, like maybe nine months where this was happening. This can also unwind, right? It's kind of like a, an, an emerging market economy, right? Where you have capital inflows and then capital outflows and um, can cause a lot of volatility. Um, so yeah, I think Axie definitely does show characteristics of an emerging nation, uh, an emerging market economy where you can have these, right, like hot inflows of money and then also like, uh, withdrawals. But I think in the long run, right, it's like we need to make sure that we're building, we're we're making the game more fun, we're adding more utility to axes, the community is getting more mature and, and learning, there's all this social capital that's being built out. So I think it's similar to a lot of crypto, actually, in that, right, there may be this idea of like cyclical growth and adoption. Is there interest like from the community to participate in you know, this aspect of building Axie, like what, what can people do? Is it improving the game? Is it developing 
you know, things like this DEX that you're that you're mm. talking about, or is it something else? So right now, so so first I'll talk about right now, and then I'll talk about the future. Mm-hmm. So right now, a lot of the a lot of what the community does is related to like onboarding, so user education, making content, uh, but also right like maybe making analytics tools to read our data, right? Like setting up subgraphs and third party APIs and and things like that. Also making right art. So I, I think that's primarily what's happening right now. But we've also seen some really promising experience, experiments in the past where people were right, like using our metadata to build mini games. And I think this is going to be really huge in the future where right, long term, SkyMavis hopes to be only one of many entities that are building on top of this Axie IP. Right? So I think this is a very powerful idea of right, in the long run, we won't, SkyMavis is an entity, we won't be able to create content fast enough for hundreds of millions of of users, right? So I think we'll have to right decentralize. Maybe is the last step the ability to launch a game within our ecosystem. Um, so this might be something similar to a Roblox, right? Um, you can make an argument that Roblox is more decentralized of a game gaming ecosystem compared to like other traditional uh, games. So I, th- I think there's already some experimentation, but I think um, Web three will do it. Uh, we'll take it to its kind of final form. Back is the digital wallet of the future, empowering you to manage all of your digital assets from a single place. Back puts the power in your hands to get your crypto, loyalty and rewards points and gift cards together to choose how you want to use them. Treat your digital assets just like cash and convert, send or spend them using Back. Get started today and get it together with Back. Sign up at backbakkt.com. For the last 10 years, Kraken has been known as one of the best platforms for trading crypto online. Now with the new Kraken app, it's easier than ever to buy and sell over 60 of the most popular cryptocurrencies on the go 24-7. Simply download the Kraken app, connect your bank account, and start investing for as little as $10. Just a minute is all it takes to get started. I also want to give a special thanks to Exodus. Exodus is one of the most loved crypto apps due to its sleek design and easy to use exchange feature. Secure and manage over 130 cryptocurrencies from your computer or phone, and interactive charts let you view the price history of a specific asset and your portfolio's performance over time. Sync your wallet across multiple devices to access your funds from anywhere. Maybe the best part is Exodus is integrated with the Trezor hardware wallet, making advanced security easy for everyone. Download Exodus at exodus.com today. One thing that's been a hot topic or hop on issue in the NFT market is whether or not firms have enough measures or sort of parameters around not manipulating per se, but sort of, you know, engaging in trading with insider knowledge or information. How do you guys kind of enforce or maintain the stability and the sort of veracity of this market? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's very timely, right? Um, I think all NFT projects are kind of like looking and like the ethical considerations around like insider trading right now. I think step one is to have like a very clear like policy internally and and to communicate it to everyone on the team. Um, And then I think also step two is to like communicate it to the community ahead of any incident, right? You don't want to have to be like, oh, like this is our policy, right? Like responding to some allegations, right? You want it, you want that policy, I think, to be clear and out in the open as well. So I, I think that's part of it. I think it's also like, I don't know, an 
aspect of in incentive alignment where team members, right, the way that they should be able to capture most value from an ecosystem is by building. And I think like maybe perhaps, you know, like if they're doing that kind of stuff, it might be like a structural issue or an organizational issue where maybe they're not, they, they don't have incentive alignment or maybe there's not like a good cultural fit for the ecosystem. So. Gotcha. So how did everything get jumpstarted? I know you guys are backed by Mark Cuban. Uh, did you meet him uh, virtually? Is he, is he playing the game? How did that relationship form? Uh, yeah. So Mark is actually, he had a lot of really in-depth questions about Axie. And I think he was probably better than mine. Yeah. I would hope. <laughs> uh, he was, he was introduced by, I think whatever, I think maybe like Delphi. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's okay to say, but, uh, yeah, uh, he was introduced, um, to us and he had a lot of really great questions and he was interested in this idea of a more open, uh, ecosystem for gaming. And yeah, you know, he sent over like a lot of really detailed questions on like the long-term sustainability of the system and, and, and our, and our end game. And yeah, we, you know, answered them and you know, we're able to get them on board. We also have, right. Like, I think we have like hundreds of backers, right. Um, as well. Yeah. They've all been really awesome. Uh, so yeah. So what were some of his questions about the stability aspect? Yeah. So, so, okay. So if we can address this, right. So basically right now, Axie is a pretty growth dependent ecosystem, right? It's like, okay, uh, more demand for more, more, uh, more players, more demand for Axies. Yeah, what's, more demand. What happens when that plateaus? Yeah. So I think like, so, okay. So if we're not growing hundreds of percent or thousands of percent per year, how do we have an, a sustainable in game economy? Right. So I think it's about nurturing over the long run, right? Like, uh, spending within the ecosystem that's for fun and status, not just, you know, an expectation of trying to make more money. Um, yeah, because then it's just a yeah. Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I think it's important to uh, nurture that. And we're already we already see like a fair amount of that in the ecosystem. And then I think it's also important to. So what does that look like? Right. So, for example, in the future, in order to upgrade your axes and develop a closer relationship with them, you might have to release or burn, but we don't like to use that word, burn some axes, right? And then get some crafting ingredient, which you then use to upgrade your axie, right? This acts as a supply sink on the ecosystem. I think also there's a lot of opportunities for kind of product placement, right? So imagine if you could interact with a protocol from within our land system, right? You know, that, that might be, they might have some marketing kind of budget or whatever uh, for that. We've actually done experiments in the past where the Maker Foundation, Ave uh, and, and Kyber uh, have drop their tokens through our game as kind of a promotion um, mm. right so i think there's kind of like a coinbase earn kind of yeah. type of type of thing where you're get, you're getting some rewards for you users why because you know this is one of the largest crypto communities of and people who are educated and it's a great way to get like awareness out about your project or even your token who succeeds in the future of blockchain gaming is it the crypto companies like a coinbase or you know, an, an Atari, who I think is going to come on the show at some point. Oh, interesting. I, I, I'm very bullish on kind of crypto native companies, IP. Mm -hmm. um, I think like you always see a new batch of winners with the rise of a new market or a new with a new market, right? Like the and so let's look at look at gaming, right? The people who won mobile free to play were not the people who won the era of PC internet gaming, right? They're not and the PC internet gaming winners, right? Like Blizzard, were not from the the days of console. Console was not from the days of arcade, right? So uh, I think like with each with each new type of game that, that emerges, uh, we, we have an entire uh, new system of winners, right? This is also applies maybe to crypto and that, right? I don't think that the tradish, TradFi 
legacy institutions are going to be the ones that win crypto, right? It's going to, mm. They're going to be a whole bunch that are more crypto native, that have the network effects, that have the connections, that have the, the knowledge and the talent, right? It's like, this is the problem. It's like young people, <laughs> uh, young, amazing developers and, and, and community builders, um, right? And content creators, they don't want to work for a legacy company or institution. They want to work for the new and exciting thing with people who share their kind of point of view, I guess. Well, if it's not like the legacy gaming companies, I feel like the social media companies might want to get involved in this too. Yeah, I mean, so we just saw, right, like Facebook announcing that it's going to be a metaverse company. Uh, it's kind of controversial. And it's, what it's do you think be, of that? Do you think that's do yeah, you think I mean, that's viable for them? I'm not sure. Like, I, th I think it's going to be like another Libra <laughs> thing where, <laughs> you know, they, they speak, they, they, they say some things, but, it, you know, and it's, it's kind of difficult to see, see those things materialize. Uh, I think that, yeah, I think that crypto is like grassroots. Um, I think that it's grassroots movements are much more powerful, especially for some reason within crypto where you need the community to do so much of the work, right? It's like, you can't just, it's almost like uh, the traditional model of organizing work around something is not scalable in crypto, where in crypto you need, right? thousands, hundreds of thousands of community members each doing the right thing for the network for a project to succeed. It's not like you can just have a company and hire people to do things. Are you having fun? It's been an amazing journey so far. I think it's sometimes hard to take a step back to look at how far we've come because there's always like the next milestone, right? Mm -hmm. Like the next thing that you have to do. Um, Careful, that can yeah. be toxic. <laughs> That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard <laughs> um, it's very helpful to look at like how far you've come, but it's harder to do so sometimes because you want to keep marching forward. That's what I do when I, when I run, I think about not how many miles I have left to go, but the miles or mile that I've gotten done. But it, it's also probably really stressful and competitive because you are vying for the same eyeballs as a lot of these other platforms. I'm a very competitive person. So actually, I, I enjoy that aspect. I think like one of the things that sets, yeah, like the Axie community and the Sky Mavis team, like I think we're all very competitive. We like to win. We like the fact that we're right number one right now within NFT gaming and we're obsessed with, okay, how, you know, how do we, how do we maintain this position? How do we keep being aggressive, even though, right? Like we don't want to fall into this trap of, okay, complacency you know we've accomplished all this stuff yeah don't uh, sit on your exactly laurels. so it's like it's so, so sometimes like enjoying uh can seem like oh like i don't know too no popping of the champagne yeah i don't know it's, it's not time uh, to be honest so when do we pop the champagne yeah i mean i don't know like i, I think this like maybe at the first axicon <laughs> so, so so like you know I'm, I'm really obsessed recently with okay i've come to the states uh meeting a lot of crypto friends meeting a lot of axi community members i'm uh becoming really interested in okay how do we take these amazing online connections that we've made in this cloud this digital nation how do we translate these relationships into the physical world in an amazing way in a really special way so yeah i think like we might have to have a, an axi conference i think it's going to be huge um we might need to expedite that in our schedule so yeah maybe maybe then <laughs> well hopefully i'll come i definitely want to you're invited I'm, am i I'm, I'm invited to this pre-announced uh future conference do you have any other things in the pipeline that folks should be aware of yeah, so the, the things that are taking up a lot of my mind space right now. Uh, so we have a, a big upgrade to the battle system that's coming out hopefully within the next six months. Okay, what, is that, what does that mean? So basically, uh, yeah, we're going to be making, we're going to be upgrading the animations, the art, uh, revamping a little bit 
about oh, how nice. the battle mechanics work. And yeah, we're kind of adding in a new reward system, you know, adding hopefully in-app tournaments and things like that. So yeah, it's going to be a big revamp. I'm a big upgrade of the battle uh, system. You, you might even think of it as an entirely new game. Um, so we're, we're getting really excited about that. Uh, we also have a DEX on the way. So this is going to be probably the first time um, ever that a game has launched its own DEX. I think that it may be one of the largest, if not the largest DEXs in the world um, when it's launched. So why launch your own DEX instead of just making um, it possible for some of these things to trade on an existing DEX out there? Sure. Yeah, so, so that is happening. So there are right like pretty deep liquidity pools for Axis and SLP on decentralized exchanges, as well as a lot of centralized exchanges. But what we see is, right, so because our tokens are actually used in our ecosystem, right, you need these potions to be able to breed Axes. Mm. People are, right, like buying, buying the potions on an Ethereum DEX and then having to transfer across the bridge. Um, so this is causing a lot of friction. And historically, whenever we've removed friction from our ecosystem, we've seen our growth rate go to a new trajectory. So... Uh, that's our that's our hypothesis here is that by basically bringing our decks onto our chain it's kind of like our next step in our vertical integration i think vertical integration is maybe a little bit counter a little bit contrarian to how a lot of crypto projects um kind of, are kind of thinking about things um but we found that it's that that formula really works for us because we were able to provide this kind of smooth and unified user experience uh for our players but we still have right like this ability to be attached to ethereum i think our bridge contract is four or five uh, ETH burner. What lessons from the other DEXs that exist in the market have you tried to learn from or uh, improve to execute on building this out? Yes, I mean, so we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Mm. Uh, you know, so we'll, you know, I think I think the main thing that we have is we have users and we're just going to bring the DEX closer <laughs> to our users by porting it onto our own, onto Ronin. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, we've we, you know I've looked at some of the you know liquidity mining, for example, programs. So, so am I going to be able to like? Can I like yield farm or do some of that sort of thing? It's something that I think you know it's typically what's done right when you when you launch a deck. So yeah, I, I'm not going to confirm, but not going to confirm that, nor deny. Yeah, um, that's really cool. So okay, in the future, all right, we talked about like it's so weird because you have all of these segments of industry converging gaming trading all kind of coming together and like you know when you think about like a, a traditional game like you don't think of trading but that's like what the future is going to be like do you think every game is going to have their own attached decks if there's these nfts that you can sort of purchase and then they have utility in the game yeah so i think i think so the way the framework that i look at this right is okay like web3 is turning communities into economies, right? So it's like, what are the games that would do really well with these digitally native mm. economies? I think games that are very social or maybe even hyper social. Um, so I think not every game will be turned, especially maybe like a single player game, like might not need, might not need to be a blockchain game or an NFT game. But I think but that if a it's lot a community, of, yeah, kind of like these community driven or hyper really social games are good candidates for being converted or turned into these, uh, yeah, into these more open NFT uh, gaming ecosystems. So yeah, in the future, right, it, it, I do see a potential future where many, right, there are many different games that are play to earn or NFT infused, and they each have their own decks. But I could also see, right, maybe a lot of these games are also using the Ronin decks, um, right, because they're they're coming to the ecosystem that's managed to hit escape velocity for uh, yeah, gaming adoption um, using this tech. 
It's been real. This has been an incredibly fascinating conversation um, for me. Jeff Zerlin, co-founder and growth lead at Axie Infinity, growing by the day. We'll see if it continues. Where can our listeners learn more about what you guys are doing? Yeah, definitely. So follow follow Axie on Twitter, just Axie, A-X-I-E, Infinity. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Gihoz Axie, J-I-H-O-Z underscore A-X-I-E. Yeah, you just check out axieinfinity.com. Try to, you can try to get into our Discord if it's not full. Uh, <laughs> we hit the cap. We're the largest Discord in the world right now. Um, what? I think only five uh, have hit the cap. So we're one of these five. We've had to split off into... Uh, we've now started constructing the Philippines Discord, Philippine oh, Axie see. Discord, the Spanish uh, Axie Discord, now the Portuguese Axie Discord because our main one has hit the 800k cap. Um, so yeah, that's also right. I think like one thing that I'll point out is I think like this future of social coordination tools um, is going to be really important. I think that's where the next wave of building is going to be. And I think that's going to be what allows like communities like Axie to scale from maybe 2 million DAU or users to, to 1 billion next billion users <laughs> on the blockchain. Well, thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome, Frank. It was, it was a pleasure. Thanks. We'll be with you guys next time with a very exciting guest. Hope to see you there.